Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and joining me in this episode is Jules Von Hepp. But first, if you follow me on Instagram, and I hope you do, I'm at Emma Gunn's, you'll notice that I uh, put up a post where I said that I will be adding um, a bit more into the introductions. And that's because lots of you have been emailing and DMing saying that you would like me to elaborate on some of the posts that I put up, particularly on Insta stories during the week. Uh, This could be the products that I'm playing with or um, the events that I'm going to. So I'm going to be adding that into the show's format. And just for absolute clarity, none of the products that I mentioned, none of the brands that I'm referencing, none of this content is sponsored. There are no affiliate links or anything. At the point when that does become the case, I will declare it and make it very, very obvious. But this is all just what's happened and there's there's no kind of brand link here at all. So I think probably the first thing that I can say but not go into any detail about is the fact that uh, I met Victoria Beckham this week. She is launching another collection of her makeup, which is a collaboration with Estee Lauder. And it was great. It was... A wonderful thing to be invited to it was very exciting I am now very excited for what will happen when the launch occurs later this year you should be excited too um, what I can tell you about that launch was that on my way there I was stomping along desperate to get there early and not appear with you know in a cloud of sort of walking sweat and so I'd given myself plenty of time and as I was waiting for the uh, green man because I observe road safety people um, on New... no, where was it? Anyway, gosh. Just as I was crossing the road uh, to get to go toward Claridge's, where Victoria's Secret is, I saw a bit of a hubbub, a bit of a, what's that down there? And there was this tall, blonde woman in a pink dress, and I thought, who's that? She must be somebody. Um, and it was Esther from the Royal Housewives of Cheshire. <laughs> so that made me laugh on my way to see... VB, very, you know, Claridge's and that, and then you see Monday night's uh, usual entertainment. Uh, If you are watching Real Housewives of Cheshire, please do let me know how you feel about that situation. Um, Another event that I went to this week, and you would have seen on Insta stories, is that I went to a Dolce & Gabbana fragrance launch. My friend Tom very kindly invited me. Uh, It was for the launch of Light Blue, and David Gandhi was there. And a wonderful moment where 
I was in, there's a barber shop at this store and I was uh, chatting to said Gandhi and behind him was a massive screen just playing the advert for the fragrance on a loop and in the advert he's there like with just white pants on and my brain was shouting so loud going say something make a joke and I was able to keep it under wraps and just I think make pleasantries. Um, but I also had, oh no, uh, one thing I will say about that is that there were lemons in the goodie bag. So I left with lemons. And they looked like they were organic, they're very delicious by the way. And I like to start my day with hot water and lemon, as advised by the wonderful nutritional therapist Eve Kalinic, who has been a guest on this podcast. You should definitely look through the library to find that it's fascinating. And so I start my day with hot water and lemon, and for the last few days I have been slicing the lemons, giggling away to myself, thinking, this is David Gandhi's lemon. It's not, obviously. I don't even know whether he even saw them, touched them, was near them, but in my mind, they are David Gandhi's lemons, and I don't want you to take that away from me. In the store, I also had a psychic moment, because I met some lovely people that night. Tom, my friend, was there, he was awesome. I met Amy from the brand and I also met Maurizio who was, I was such a nice guy and I was chatting to him. I'd never been to the Dolce & Gabbana store before because I think it's all men's in there. So, and anyway, it was so, we were just having this really lovely conversation and I just said, this is going to sound really weird, but can I stop you and ask you, are you a dancer? Turns out he is, was, actually a trained dancer. And I felt like me, and then all of a sudden I had this idea that maybe I could get a TV show, you know, late blooming psychic ability, but I think I got ahead of myself. But he was lovely and fantastic. And then that started a conversation about the documentary that's been on Netflix about Striker Pose. And I don't know if you've watched it, but if you ever watched the Blonde Ambition tour, the Madonna Blonde Ambition tour, which for me is just indelibly etched onto my brain. I didn't realise how a documentary about the dance troupe that she toured with would be so moving and be of such interest. I think I've watched it about six times. Like in the morning when I'm doing my makeup, I'll just put it on, watch 20 minutes, and then I'll come home, take my makeup off, watch another 15 minutes. You know, that's it's, it's really good. I highly recommend it. And the links to that will be in the show notes. Another post that was really popular and I had lots of questions about was about the um, Atelier Cologne. Now this is a shop in Covent Garden. I highly recommend you visit it if you love fragrance, or hate fragrance, or are indeed indifferent to fragrance. It blew my mind. I, I think I've said this many times before, but I find fragrance a bit ugh. I've gone to lots of launches of scents over the years and I've never really got it. I sort of, when they, often when you go to launches you get a blotter and they say this is the top note then they give you another blotter a couple of minutes later and say this is the, the middle note and then you'll get another one saying this is the bottom note and I always enjoy the individual component parts but when they're put together it's a bit of a mess you know like those cheap three tier sort of shots that you used to get for a pound at university or wherever you know I, I drank them at university but you know wherever those three shop things are not exclusive to students and I, so I've always thought, oh, fragrance isn't really for me. And I felt, felt sad about that because I love fragrance or want to love fragrance, I should say. Anyway, I went to the Atelier Cologne and I smelt about 15 scents, which would have normally caused a vicious migraine. 
but it wasn't. It was such a delightful experience. It was like time travel. It's the only way I can describe it. Each and every single one made me think about a time in my life. And I thought that was an incredible thing to achieve with these beautiful, beautiful fragrances. I came away with um, the blood orange scent, which does, it, 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 I can't even describe it. It's like, you every time you spray it, it's like a blood orange has been ripped open near you. You can, you can smell and taste everything. And then I also came away with Rose Anonyme, and it turned out that they work really well together. So I wear the, it's called Orange Sanguine, I think, or Orange Sanguine, I don't know. Um, I wear that in the morning, and then I take the little, the little Rose Anonyme, and they do these wonderful leather pouches, and I've had mine personalised with Emma Gunn, so you can see that on Instagram. And then I spritz that on the back of my neck when I go out after work, and they layer really prettily. Um, so yes, I would highly recommend it. Great for gifts, as I said, there's personalisation, there's all these wonderful gift sets. And it's just, even if you just go in and have that experience of just smelling these little things, it's bound to take you on this time travel journey, which I think is a lovely, lovely thing to be able to say that a fragrance does. Now, this week, well, this week there's also another thing that I wanted to flag up, but I have to go back a few years to sort of really tell the story. And this is that, um, it was the day of the Andy Murray Wimbledon final, which I feel was four years ago now, that he, and it was the time that he won. And just before the match started, I tweeted out, um, I've got a feeling in my bones that he's going to do it. And I got a reply from this lovely girl called Charlie, and she said, yes, you're so right. And then we ended up having a conversation. She's a young designer who has a fashion brand and just getting on famously on Twitter. And I said, let's meet up. So we had a coffee and we talked about this young, fashion brand that she's got and she's she's one of those people that you meet and she's not what I expected of a designer Charlie if you're listening to this that's not meant to be a diss in any shape or form she's very quiet considered intelligent and just one of those people that you just think oh okay there's some special stuff going on here her brand is Charlie Cohen which is Charlie with an I not an IE so C-H-A-R-L-I and Ever since she launched her first range, it's just been phenomenal. I mean, it, she's had incredible press, but she is a young designer who does it all by herself. And this week I was on Twitter and I saw she'd put something about, this is weird. And essentially a massive company in the US, Target, have um, created a t-shirt that says Dress to Kale on it. Now, Dress to Kale is a t-shirt and a, a design that Charlie created a couple of years ago. I actually have that t-shirt in my, in my wardrobe and I wear it when I work out sometimes. And I was really shocked to see this. So really, I was gonna go into this thing and sort of explain it to you, but obviously you can see that Charlie's this young, tiny designer who's scrap, scrapping as we all do when we're trying to start a business. And then this huge company has um, done something that looks very similar. She tells the story best in her own words over on Twitter, but I would encourage you to retweet the, uh, her pinned tweet at the top of her feed because the more people who retweet that, the more attention this could get and hopefully that will help this situation because obviously it's not ideal if you've created this um, this thing that had, this t-shirt was was a real thing at the time. It was all over social media. It was her, and it was really smart. And now it's happening somewhere else, and it has nothing to do with Charlie. So, 
without wanting to go into it and get um, sued, I think the easiest thing is to go over to Charlie's Twitter page. So she is at Charlie Cohen, so that's at C-H-A-R-L-I-C-O-H-E-N, and I will put the link to that in the show notes. Um, and if you would, if you feel so inclined, if you believe in that, please do retweet that pinned tweet and let's see if we can get that situation sorted out for a really cool person who works like an absolute trooper. So finally, in the list of the things that I've been doing this week, uh, I'm going to talk about my leopard print shoes because the amount of DMs I got about those was crazy. So I have been on the hunt for the perfect pair of leather print courts. They go with everything, skinny jeans, black trousers, skirt, whatever, you know. They go with everything. Yes, I might be justifying myself a little bit, but hey, what the hell. I broke them in on Tuesday night whilst drinking a Sam Adams and um, I wore them to work, I wore them to the D&G launch, although my friend Tom, who did invite me to that launch, after we've been standing at this thing for two hours, we walked out, we walked down the road, round the corner, and he just was like, babe, do you want to take those shoes off now? They are gorgeous and amazing, but beauty is pain, and I needed to take them off, and I always carry my Nike Flyknits around with me, because I like to walk very, very quickly from place to place, so he could sense that. They were from Dorothy Perkins. I went in when they were 30% off. They cost me £17.50. That, in my mind, is a bargain. And they have lots of different colours, so I will put the link to those in the show notes. I think if you're looking for a decent investment for a fairly comfortable but oh-so-attractive shoe, then I highly recommend the Dorothy Perkins one. Now, let's get to Jules. Jules is, gosh, so many things. He's an awesome person, and I... Um, was in no way <laughs> cool at the end of this podcast once we stopped recording i think i jumped up gave him a massive hug and said i'd like to be more like you he's just good energy he's good energy he's a good person he's very talented he works incredibly hard and you will get all of that in this episode of the show he has got some brilliant life lessons he does love a motto and I learned, I learned a lot and I love how open he was and he's got such a unique perspective on things and he's so generous with it. He um, is a celebrity tanner, although he probably, I don't know whether he would call himself a celebrity tanner. He is also the global tanning director for Tan Lux, which is an incredible tanning brand. Mark Elric, who is the creator, has previously been on this show. If you go through my library, you will find his podcast, but we talk about getting rid of bad friends, we talk about toxic relationships, we talk about uh, navigating the world of celebrity and not getting sucked in, we talk about um, how to achieve your goals, how to make a life plan, and there's a, a, a pinch of ridiculous in there too. Now, if you don't know Jules already, Jules has an incredible podcast called Jules and Sarah with the fabulous Sarah Powell, who I love dearly even though I actually have never met her, but I just love her on Twitter and I am often send her really sort of silly tweets going, yeah, Sarah, what you said. Um, but you should definitely listen to their show. It's pretty awesome. Again, I think it goes without saying. The link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. If you have any questions, if you have any products you'd like me to talk about in this introduction moving forward, then definitely do. If you're listening on iTunes, please do subscribe. And if you click that five star button and leave me a written review, I would be absolutely grateful. And if you want to get in touch with me, just tweet me at Emma Guns, comment on any of my pictures on Instagram at Emma Guns, or you can email me privately at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. But here we go. It's me and Jules Monhap on a bed. What more could you ask for? Thank you for listening.
Jules von Hepp, you are perhaps the most hospitable person ever. Oh, thank you so much. It's my northern roots. Because <laughs> he's just... Listeners, we're on Jules's bed and we've just been having a chin wag in his kitchen. No sooner was I in the house than I was offered a brew, a very delicious one, thank you very much. He offered me some Oreos. Yep. Too many <laughs> Oreos. I'm trying to shift them. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why you've got all those Oreos in the house. And then... Um, I had a sandwich in my bag and you got me a plate so that I could eat my sandwich and not leave crumbs. It makes me think whose house have you been to? <laughs> Who's treating you badly? That's You're awful. just a very good host. I am. <laughs> You're on my bed and I've not even bought you a drink. <laughs> Sorry. I know. And I was sitting next to the bed on the floor and I said to Jules, would you mind if I got on the bed to do the podcast? And you did say... I prefer it. I know, I'm not going to, like, I'm not Cleopatra. I'm not going to lie on the bed and do the interview and you just sit there and just listen. Fan you. <laughs> um, this is bonkers because this is like a live-action podcast situation in the sense of I've been listening to your brilliant show. Thank you. For a while. And I had reason to call you on the phone the other day. And it was the first time we'd spoken on the phone and it was like calling into a radio show. And being like, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like... <laughs> you've, Did you think I was going to be there with Sarah? I thought you were going to be there with Sarah and I thought that I, it was a call-in and potentially I was going to win tickets to go to like <laughs> SMTV Live or something. <laughs> were you going to do the thing? I love it when um, people win competitions on radio um, and they go, I've never won anything before in my life. It's like my favourite thing ever. I listen to radio stations all the time. I'm like, any minute now they're going to say they've never won anything. Yep, there we go. <laughs> oh, um, there should be more of that. There should be more call-ins, don't you think? Well, if Sarah and I, if you haven't um, heard our podcast, it's Jules and Sarah. If we did our podcast live, Ooh. we would definitely do call-ins. We might do a live one. I, th- I would love to do it. I think you should do a live one. In, in my Ask Me Anything, that was one of my questions that I had from a couple of listeners, only a couple, not that many, um, about would I do a live podcast and would there be tickets and whatnot to attend so yeah, I think George we've been asked a few times to do that. I think it is something that I'd want to explore, but it's finding a venue that has a twenty-four hour alcohol license and serves <laughs> cheese. That, is, that you know, that's really the main important thing. And, and is it in the south or is it in the north? Because that's what our podcast is about. Well, I think you have to go on tour. We have planned a Jules and Sarah tour from day dot. We have been planning, like, the most ridiculous things ever. <laughs> like, I've said... What have we said? Like, I really wanted um, an interval. That's something that I'm quite passionate about. Intervals <laughs> so that you can de- mop yourself down. Well, intervals, I don't think, happen enough anymore. Like, <laughs> They're a lost art. There is a lost <laughs> art. Like, at my grandma's cinema, they used to have an interval and I was obsessed. I remember being six years old and thinking, this is major because halfway through the flicks, out they'd come with the ice cream and that's something that I'm like very, very passionate with on the Jules and Sarah oh, tour. Yeah, that is true. I forgot about all of that. Intervals at the cinema, is it, that's, that's what I mean. There's so many like forgotten things. We also really wanted badges. Badges. Badges, yeah. Um, what else do we want? Just really, really ridiculous Badge, what, with things. your names on them or just... Names, faces, phone numbers in my case. <laughs> Single, desperately trying to find the one. Red badge means I'm taken. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, on the way here on the tube, and I nearly took a picture of it and put it on Insta stories and I thought that could lead me into trouble. Someone had written someone's mobile number on the train wall... What do you call it? Yeah, the inside of the Did train. Did it end in 952? That is mine. 
<laughs> I wish that I'd taken the picture now because we could have confirmed. Can you imagine if on your line there well, was a... I would have phoned them. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't think about that. I thought, how awful. Then I thought, is that a hate crime? And then I thought, is there anyone I hate enough to put their number on, like, scribble their number on public transport? So you say hate crime, I say proactive. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If Tinder's not working for you, just get friends to just write your mobile phone number on... You know, it could be, you know, the tables. Well, I could get an extra, down. I could get a new SIM, so it would just be like, I'd look like a dealer, <laughs> wouldn't I, I guess, with two phones. Your bat phone. Yeah, this would be... Uh, Your TFL phone. Yeah, this would be the TFL phone. <laughs> oh, got another call coming in. <laughs> Jules is underground. God, how tragic. <laughs> no, but anyway, yeah, no, I did think it would be a hate crime, but it's good to know that you're open to having your number made public. Yes, yes, I'm open to dates. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. Um, and he's very hospitable and he makes a fantastic brew, so you're halfway there. Really. And, as, and as you're reclining on, it is goose down. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Th- this is no synthetic You've got a lovely fibers. headboard as well that's very comfortable. Thanks so much. <laughs> Gosh, really, really opening up onto the personal realms of my bedroom. <laughs> Please visit my Insta stories for pictures of Jules and I reclining on this bed. It was very nice. Um, people may know you from your podcast. But people may also know you from various other things, including the fact that you are... What is your official title at Tan Lux? I know it's not Lux, but I always want to say Lux. Uh, I am Global Tanning Director for Tan Lux. Global Tanning Director. I know, yeah, true. I'll see you in the boardroom. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing... Like, it's an amazing job. I basically tell them what products I like, what products I don't like, and then I spray tan my famous friends. That's it, <laughs> <laughs> That's it in, in a nutshell. I want, so you can actually say, I think we need a formula that does X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and it's really, it's, it's actually amazing because when I first started with Tan Lux, I didn't, I'd been with a big, big tanning brand before, um, and you don't realise how much you know, mm. or how much you've learned from your past job or through all your years of experience. I mean, I never really wanted to get into spray tanning. It was kind of like... And I remember reading... Um, I read an article with uh, Alex Babsky, and he's a makeup artist for Lancome, and he was saying that makeup kind of found him. And it's the kind of the same with me and Tan, or Tan and I. Um, I Like the king and I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's... Um, I am from the north, so I mean we were brought. You can't up, tell. Yeah, <laughs> we're brought. We're brought up thinking, you know, we've got to be tanned. That is something that I'm really passionate about. But I studied fashion at uni, and I really was going down the career route of doing either fashion PR or fashion buying. And I worked as I did my internship in fashion PR. We're doing big clients like Etro, Calvin Klein Collection. Um, just re- like really high fashion and I remember just thinking like I didn't feel and it was a weird moment where because I went to an old boys school and I was when I found fashion when I found uni I thought oh my god I'm connecting with something and then I started working in fashion piano I thought I'm not connecting like I should do I mm-hmm. think I was quite shocked at how uh vascuous it, of an industry it can be Mm -hmm. and I was like wow I'm not really connecting very much here and I I met Michelle Feeney who was the CEO of this tanning brand I met her on the stairs of this agency and she said I said uh, so I really like your shoes she was like 
well, I really like you. You're fun. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I was like, what are you doing? She was like, I'm the CEO of this company. I remember thinking, oh my God, what am I doing, Jules? You're on an internship. Like, you shut up, be quiet. And she said, where are you from? And I was like, well, you know, from from Leeds, but my family live in North Nottinghamshire. And she was like, well, that's where Sancho Pace had offices. Would you like an internship? I said, yeah. I said, give me a card. So I took a card. I was... I started that internship. I was her PA for two weeks. Um, and then I started doing product development. And I, I've always loved beauty. Like, I really, really like it. And it's something I'm quite passionate Like. I think a beauty product is like, it's hope. It's like that, yes. that ray of something in a jar that it, this is going to make me look better. Um, and then from that, I then moved to Australia, worked in magazines over there. Which magazines did you work on? Vogue and GQ. Oh. Uh, and I did beauty and did a bit of PR for them. Then moved back. Sandra Pay gave me my job back. And then I met Nicola Joss. Oh. And Nicola Joss was like this oh I mean I can't like a siren she's like yeah she is she calls you to the shot and I remember thinking so I'd been doing desk work and I thought I'm not meant to be in an office and it was a really scary point and I think anyone who has tried working in an office who then realizes that they're not supposed to be in an office you have that moment of going oh my god what am I going to do with my Mm -hmm. life because the life that I thought I was supposed to have it's not it's not going to happen And I can't stand at this photocopier day in, day out. Mm-hmm. I can't be in this office politics. This is just not me. So I met Nicola. Nicola trained me in tanning. And I never wanted to be the celebrity spray tanner. I never wanted to go down that route because I just thought... And this is this may, this could make me sound shallow, but I thought, I've, I've got a brain. I've, I've got a degree. I've, you know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be doing this. And it took me a while to actually go, actually, this is a job that needs so much of my brain power just mm. using it in a different way yeah. um so then I met a makeup artist called Natalia Nair and she she said to me I'm doing the x factor are you interested in doing the spray tans I'm not kidding you I had been tanning for like four months and I was winging it and I said to her I was like fake it till you make it yeah and I said to her I was like yeah go on then so I did it, and looking back, I made some tragic mistakes, like really, really, like stupid, like sending someone out on on national television <laughs> covered in body butter, like the, the gleam was ridiculous, and like the dancers were slipping off them, and like idiot mistake, complete idiot. But you, it, it's one of those I was learning on the job. But how do you oil somebody up without making them slip? You have to use dry oil, and I luckily had made that mistake before I got poached by Strictly. Because I did one year of I did one year on the X Factor and then I got poached by Strictly. Did three years on Strictly, um, or Dancing with the Stars if you're listening in the states. And it's <laughs> that's when life started to change for me. And I think I really had to put my head down and graft. And I was like, I'm on a road that not many people are on. And mm-hmm. you know, there's amazing spray tanners in the industry and to, to then have to carve your own niche mm-hmm. and find new clients and find new people because I. I never wanted to take clients off someone else. Yep. I think that's horrible. Mm. Um, was It was hard. It was a real, like, challenge. Well, I was saying to you earlier, and I've said before on the podcast, the beauty industry, like, like a lot of industries, there's no blueprint for success. There's no... What you've done is a singular journey. There's no one who's done... 
the same before and there's probably no one who'll do exactly the same journey since. So there is that sense of winging it whilst also sort of trying to steer yourself. Yeah. Which is quite tricky. It's really tricky and I think I remember... I remember doing test shoots for Fashion Week and being with some makeup artists who are 20 years older than me and looking at them and thinking you're really not going to get any work in 10 years' time because of social media. And, the, and at that time, that's when Instagram was coming in, mm. it's when YouTube was coming in. And I thought, I'm going to have to really teach myself a few skills because actually I'm going to need to be able to do everything mm. so that in 10 years' time and the next generation of katanas and the girls come in underneath, at least I'm on the pulse. So I taught myself how to edit YouTube videos. I taught myself... Um, how to film, I bought all the kit, I had a blog, I was writing, I I made sure that I didn't just pigeonhole myself mm. into tanning. Um, and also I needed to keep my I needed to keep stimulating myself. I mean mm. I I think I said this to a friend's dad when he was like, what do you do? And I said, well, anyone, anyone is capable of painting a fence. Yeah. But it's everything that goes with it. So it's been able to talk with conviction about brands, been able to do interviews mm. and it's also being able to talk on camera and it's being able to think so outside the box you know I'm not just a spray tanner there's everything else that comes with it and that's something that even I didn't know that that's what a part of the job was um but in terms of clients you know we were saying before I had to sell my soul for five years I lost a lot of friends because I I had to do spray tans on clients at like one in the morning four in the morning I had to fly to Venice at like the last minute I had to drop my life at the drop of a hat Mm constantly because I thought these opportunities I need everything under yeah, my belt yeah. um and and to the outside world that's sorry to interrupt you but that looks like because I've had a similar thing when I worked somewhere and it was just constant like weekend working and everything and you have to bail on people last minute it looks to the outside world that you're getting sucked into a really superficial vacuous world mm. and that you love it and that you're going to fall on your ass eventually mm. and it's not it's just I'm trying to pave the way for my future and mm. I, I have to do this mm. I think it's I think it's really interesting that you touch on the vascous world and being sucked in because I remember meeting certain people um in the industry and thinking I will never end up like you I don't want to become a person that has and this is why I loved working with Nicola because Nicola isn't Nicola Joss has her babies and she go leaves London and she has this whole separate life and she separates the two. Mm. And I made a very, very conscious decision to do that. And my friends who I've got now were friends that stood by me and were like, don't worry if you need to cancel, don't worry. Mm. And they take the mickey out of me because they always <laughs> they always say that. I'm like, I still hang around with teachers because some of them are teachers and it's like <laughs> a quote that they use alongside me. But I love having friends that aren't in fashion, beauty, celebrity industry. I like having friends that... I sit there and I've got one friend who's a lawyer and I'm like, tell me about literally your day-to-day life because I am fascinated. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about some shoot or some celebrity, like, or what someone's bathroom's like. I really don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about mm. your spreadsheet and your pinstripe <laughs> suit. <laughs> I love it. I literally love I, it. I want to talk about your spreadsheet. So I just want a water. No. Oh, yes. The rustling, listeners, is, <laughs> is the bed sheets. It's me it's scrambling it's, around for hydration. It's Jules rehydrates. 
bless you. See, I've even got a glass of water as well. That's how much of an excellent host you are. <laughs> Didn't put ice in it, though, did I? Ugh. What a dick. <laughs> I know. I hate you. Um, yes, so where were we before water? I got distracted by your good hostessing hosting uh, you know just staying outside of the industry and just making sure I separate the two and I think it's something that I'm I'm still really happy I did I think there are a lot of people that and there's nothing wrong with this that throw their lives into the industry and that's great mm. but for me it's kind of a weird thing as well like you know with clients I am friends with my clients but they are my clients mm. you know these celebrities they're high profile and yes we do go out for dinner but I'm if I see them at a party, I'll always say hello, we'll have a drink together, but then I'll, I'll go away because I don't want them to see me after I've had eight tequilas and they don't want, you know, and vice versa. And it's like a professional... So tell me then when you... Do you watch reality TV? Not really. Oh, I was going to like... My ex-boyfriend worked in reality TV, so I am a fair with uh, the composition. <laughs> no, so I'm thinking about like the Kardashians because there's the core Kardashians and then there's people around them. And... Sometimes you look at those people and you think, you don't really need to be there, you should be getting on with your own life. But it is more interesting to just watch and spectate as the Kardashians go. You're watching the reality show in real time as it happens and you're there. Um, So how do you... Did you just automatically find that space where you're like, this is a line that I'm setting, this is my boundary? Did you... I I think I had to. I think... It was a way of me being able to separate work from pleasure. And I, I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like, no, you know, this is this. And, that, you know, because there are times with clients where I've stayed and we've had dinner together. And like, I am a very warm person. I, I You know, people coming in and out of my house. I don't mind. And I... You end up going to the same kind of events because you get invited to the same kind of events. Mm. And it, it's all... But I just feel like there's lots of... Who said it? Someone said it to me, right? Everyone knows each other, but no one knows each other. Oh, I love that. And because that's how I think this whole industry, it's like, yeah, it's all matey, matey, but do you actually really know them? No, Mm. no. And I, I, yeah, it's just, it it helps me to separate it and to keep it more professional. Mm. And also if, if you needed... If you needed something from a client or you needed a favour or something, it was easier to ask. I don't know. It's I'm very. That's quite wise because what was this? How how old would you have been when you came? Oh, like twenty five. Exactly. See, I remember like early days of my career and meeting celebrities for the first time, getting so swept up in it and just if somebody like asked you how you were, thinking I must be special now because insert celebrity name here. Seems to care whether how how my day is. Yeah, it's uh, and I've, it's so weird. I've never, I've never really been starstruck. I think I get more starstruck if I see someone from Hollyoaks walking down the street in Manchester. <laughs> like I've never had that because, and people say to me, "Oh my god, you know, are celebrities different? Are they different from any other person?" No, only absolute, if you treat them differently. Yeah, they're absolutely the same, and I don't treat anybody differently I was having this conversation with a guy who owns a shop in um, Chiswick and he's from Manchester and we were just getting on like a house on fire and he said you know my pet hate is people speaking to other people differently because of what they do for a living and I said I'm exactly the same like I will speak to a shopkeeper or I'll speak to a waiter Mm. the same as I'll speak to Blake Lively I don't care you are you are no different you Mm. still deserve to be 
I'm going to be nice to you unless you're a dick to me. And then I'll be a dick to you. And (laughs) I've had, like, I've worked with some of the most amazing, inspiring people, but I've also worked with some absolutely vile people who... Yeah, I mean, God, I've got content for the book, The Booth of Truth, which will come out when <laughs> I'm ready when I'm ready to hang truth. up the tanning gun. I mean, the stories are golden, oh. but... Just like the tans, actually. But... <laughs> <laughs> but... It's... it's I just... I, I now, as a rule, if I don't like a client or I think they're a mean person, I don't care how famous they are, I'm not interested. You won't turn and, them again. And maybe that maybe that will put me behind other people and maybe that will it won't put me in good stead, but I don't care. If you're a dick, you're a dick and I'm not interested. Do you give people a second chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would never just d- do that on one time. I'd give them a few goes. But I have had, like, a few clients who, like... Oh, it's so funny. If anyone is listening and they work in beauty, you'll get what I mean. But, like, there is a thing where a client will book you, say they'll book you for, like, 11, and sometimes they literally will think it's bang on OK to turn up at half 12. And they'll arrive home and they'll be like, so sorry, stuck in traffic. But when you start seeing it happen every single time and then you get to the house, they're not actually in the booth or having their treatment until like another hour later. No, not worth it. Not worth it. It's a lack of respect, isn't it? It's so disrespectful. It's like, I've got stuff to do. You've got stuff to do. Come on. Why? Okay, if you had to, obviously mentioning no names, because it isn't about names, it's just about temperament in many ways. If you had to in your years experience say what it is that makes people vile because I'm going to interject here and say in all of my years of doing of interviewing famous people or celebrities whatever it might be the bad experiences I always come away thinking that person's either unhappy or they're incredibly insecure and that's what it boils down to so I tend to almost feel sympathy I don't don't necessarily work with them again but I feel somewhat sorry for them is that how you've come away from? Uh, I think, and this isn't even about like doing a, being a celebrity spray tanner. This I actually learned from when I was working in retail that when a customer was horrible to me, mm. I used to take it really personally. But like they hated me. That's so hard. But I remember my manager saying, "She's probably found out her husband's cheated on her this morning, mm. or something's gone really wrong, and it's put her in a foul mood for the day." And that's kind of how I think. I'm like, it's not. It's not, they're not vile people, but something's made them be yeah, vile. exactly. And then you just have to check a few things. But, you know, sometimes if someone's horrible, they're just horrible. <laughs> like, they are just really horrible people. <laughs> because I, th- I like to think, no one's going to be horrible to me because, A, I've got a spray tan gun in my hand, so I could <laughs> do a really bad job. And I can write and have written stuff on people's backs. Like, to- only because one person said, I bet you can't write this. And I said, I bet I can <laughs> in tan. <laughs> But um, <laughs> can you say what the word was? Uh, <laughs> it's probably the worst swear word you can possibly okay. imagine. <laughs> okay. um, I think we all know what. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I'm in their house, and they're naked, mm. and I'm really nice. So chances are, it, you know, I've only ever had like five percent of my clients be horrible. I'm very lucky. I, I, mm. I think a niceness attracts niceness. I hate the word nice. Loveliness attracts loveliness. Yeah, it's about... It's that thing of nice nice or being lovely is one thing, but there's not being so nice that you're just letting people get away with it, and that's a really fine line. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, if you're lovely, but you've clearly got your boundaries, people won't push them. But if you're lovely and it looks like you might give a little, 
that's when people can yeah and I I've learned that the hard way people have definitely walked all over me um and I am a complete yes man um so I'll just be like yeah no problem yeah no problem net you're no problem and then I do get walked all over um how do you handle that because that's tough I think you have to know when to say yes and when not to Uh, for me it's it's taken me a while to learn to be able to say no that's Mm. actually quite hard thing to do really hard because I think it, you know. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You don't. I, I don't like missing an opportunity. I hate FOMO, and <laughs> I think, you know, you've got to pick which, when's the right time to say no or de- decline something. Um, and that's that's a really hard thing to do, because I'm always like, oh god, that could be something that, that would be really good for me. Um, yeah. The power of no is, oh, it's such a hard thing, because I know that in the past I've been like yeah no that's fine because I've thought because deep down I've known that if I said no that person would probably not call me again or wouldn't like me anymore so I thought well I'll say yes because then that puts off the inevitable but then all that happens is it builds up and it's a big no and then there's a massive show well then I think I think when you're saying no you have to know <laughs> uh, why you are actually declining it is it because they are horrible person or is it because a situation that isn't going to benefit you work-wise or is it because time-wise you might not have enough Mm. and then I think you need to work back so if you're saying no because they're a horrible person then actually you need to just get that person out of your life because it's because they're a mood hoover Mm -hmm. Um, (gasps) you're coming out with them today Jules a mood hoover mood hoovers yeah it's I experience it quite a lot. I've got a couple of friends that I'm really considering getting rid of at the moment because they are complete mood hoovers. Always talking about them, always just... And never really asking how I am. It's one-sided friendships, and that is so draining. You should never, ever do it. You need to, you need to feed off each other's energy. Mm. If, someone, if someone's really energetic, you, need, you will obviously feed off that, but also it needs to go the other way. But then also, if the situation isn't going to benefit you, why, I don't know, why do it? So, this is an interesting one. I remember reading an article years, a few years ago, and it was about um, if you're with someone and when you leave them, you feel energised, positive, happy, etc. Spend time with that person. But if you come away and you feel drained, tired... Um, you've been hoovered you've been yeah but it and obviously there are various degrees of that but they say if you feel the latter don't spend time with that person yeah completely and it's something I think I and this I hate sounding big-headed which is so British of me but I know that I always try and make people feel better and when they're in the when they're having a spray tan this is when I kind of first started realizing it um 
was that I'm such a positive person, I'm a complete optimist, and all I want to do is make someone happy and make someone smile and make someone mm. that, that when they leave, they do feel good. And whether it's because they've had a spray tan or whether it's if they've listened to the podcast or watched YouTube or whatever, that's all I want to do is just make people smile. I think that's that that's what you should be in, as a person in life. I think... I, I cannot imagine how exhausting it must be to be a mood hoover. <laughs> I, it, you literally must... I don't understand how you could even go to bed at night making people <laughs> miserable all day. It must be like... God, what's the point? But who makes you happy? If you put all your a lot of energy into making other people happy, how do you make sure that you're happy too? Really good question. I got myself in a bit of a pickle earlier this year where I was just giving, 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 and I hadn't seen through really being so busy with work, I hadn't seen the people that make me happy. So mm. my mood had gone right down to rock bottom, and I actually wasn't looking after number one. So. Mm. I I need to meet, make sure that I'm on my own for certain periods of time because I have quite a I have a job where I'm with clients but I'm I'm not with solid friends all the time. I can be I could literally be with people all day long but I don't really know them. Yeah. So sometimes I need to just be on my own and just to read a book or listen to some music or I don't know, it's just this like recharge zone. Mm. And it's something that my parents do where they, they, they just call it a batten down the hatches day. <laughs> you don't answer the phone, you just literally on your own recharge. Um, my oldest friends, they know me inside out. They've been through, with, been through so much with me. They are massive chargers. Um, and then I, I, as a rule... I kind of stated that I was only going to hang out with people that inspire me. So Sarah Cox and Annie Mack are two of the most amazing women. Sarah Cox is one of my best friends. And if ever I'm in a bit of a pickle work-wise, these women just lift me. They just completely lift me up and they're like, no, do this, do this, do this, do that. And you fit, and I get that charged feeling. Do you like, it sounds like they're truth tellers. Yeah, yeah. And that's... I mean, listen to me now, I'm not a Billy Bullshitter at all. It's just it, what, I, completely what you see is what you get, and I'm mm. very truthful. Um, but also, I mean, it, it can be a guy, it can be someone in a coffee shop that lifts mm. me up, and I just will, I will chat. Once I feel a connection with someone, I'll have a good old gas, because I just, I love it, I love gassing away, and because you are just feeding off each other's mood. But I think... Yeah, I'm trying to think. There are certain clients as well. I, I had one client when... Um, I'll never forget the first time I met her and I left her hotel room and I remember shutting the door and thinking, I am electrocuted from this woman and I need to be friends with her one way or another. She is unbelievable. And now she's like one of my best, best friends. Because I was like... And she said she felt the same. So we've become really, really close. How awesome is that? Yeah, yeah it's a weird thing. You get really... Um, how do you go about that? Do you send them a text saying, I feel like... No, 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 you just wait. <laughs> You're a thunderbolt of a woman. <laughs> well, I've, well, if I've only met them once and I've just been literally with my face to their vagina spray tanning them, <laughs> I can't really message that. I think I've got to wait for them to rebook me. There is that whole, like... There, there is that moment of, like, having to um, do the whole, like, be professional. Um, but I'll, I'll stay for a drink. Or I'll say, we should go out sometime. It'd be nice to go out. And, yeah. and if I want to be friends with someone, I will make friends. I will make it happen because it's it's quite rare. Like, that I think you meet someone, you go, oh, they're amazing. So you've really got to, like, nurture that and, like, mm. grow it. Um, yeah. 
I think. So you've got a truth teller friend. So the people, I love the fact that you call them chargers. Chargers. That's amazing. Yeah. So you've got the people around you who recharge you when you need it. Yeah. And I guess, I love the fact you've got batten down the hatches days as well. Batten down the hatches days, recharge days. Um, usually that comes equipped with a hangover because then there's an <laughs> excuse to just kind of nurture it. And but just do you like, get oh. beer fear? No. Oh, I get I never, I never really get beer fear. Like a couple of my friends get it and they're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Um, I, I don't regret anything. Because it's in the past. I, I never look back. See, that's brilliant. See, I don't have beer fear about things that I've done. I have beer fear about things that I potentially could have done. So they're not even real. What, what a waste of energy. I know. What a waste of energy. You didn't do it. So no, don't I know. worry about it. Half the time I'm like, oh, shouldn't have done that. But never mind. I, the last few times I've been very drunk at like weddings or something, you come downstairs and there's a group of people and like having breakfast. My first thing will be, who do I need to apologise to? Because I've worked. So at... I don't go to wedding breakfast. No, I won't. I shan't. I shan't. It's, oh, it's just a complete it, waste of time. The last wedding we went to, um, I said to my best friend when we woke up, I woke up to the sound of her submerged in the bath because she was so hungover. I, I was like, "Are you, are you baptising yourself?" And know what's going on. <laughs> Did she want to be cold? Because that's what she I needed to be cold. Yeah, yeah. She needed to be cold and hydrated. <laughs> and we literally left via the cloak of a fire escape and got in the car and like, we were out of there. There's no point for a wedding breakfast going down in the morning and being like, do you remember doing that? Wasn't it awful? You're like, I don't need to remember that. If, if my memory's not telling me to remember it, don't remember it. No, I... But it's the, same, it's the same with everything through life. I think I don't believe in regrets just learn from your mistakes mm. and then use it to make you stronger and wiser don't never look back it's What's such a waste like, of time don't don't regret something learn the lesson or there's like an insta quote or something oh there's probably thousands so true i'm sure i must have one up on my wall somewhere there'll, 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 there'll be something knocking about work like a captain play like a pirate exactly that is like one of my life mantras work <laughs> like a captain play like a pirate where did you find that uh, I think it found me, actually, <laughs> through my brother. He bought me that as a gift. Oh, I like that. That's very cool. How do you apply work like a captain, play like a pirate in your daily life? Uh, I, so, I mean, I... you work hard. I work really hard, mm. yeah. And I don't, I never realised that I work as hard as I do until someone points it out, because I think everybody works like this. But I think this is a knock-on effect of going to an incredibly regimented, negative boy school where you are just constantly told you're not good enough, you're an idiot, and actually don't realise that you're in the top 5% of the country. And you're like, oh, right. <laughs> but I think... Um, well, I get, I get up at half six every day. And I, by get up, I mean just open my eyes. Like, I don't mean, like, actually get up. But I, I listen to um, so many different podcasts and I read so many books of like how to make yourself better. I'm constantly looking to better myself. And just from getting up like an hour earlier, you are 10 times more productive in your day. Mm, um, that's true. And I had, I also had a, a spout of insomnia um, when I was really stressed. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. It's horrendous. And I had to research like, how to get myself to sleep because I just was getting myself in such a mess. So now I, I read books before I go to bed. At the moment, I'm reading a book called A Nervous Breakdown by Anthony, Anthony Chekhov, I think his name is. Russian literature. Amazing. But I need something that's completely different. I can't sit and read, like, magazines before I go to bed because I'll just be thinking of work. I'm reading The Diva Rules by Michelle Visage at the moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's incredible, but it's also like it just takes your mind off everything. Um, I feel like I've completely forgotten the question. Which does that ever make me? I'm <laughs> like, great. I've come across like a complete no, sociopath. Regimented. No, no. You sound brilliant because I do agree. I think getting up early makes all the difference, and I've definitely noticed. I suffered terribly with insomnia for the last two years. So if anyone has any questions about insomnia, email the show and I will give you my my Emma's handy kit of how to at least help yourself. But one thing is, is that if you... Well, I'm normally an early bird unless I'm going through a patch of insomnia, in which case I I can barely get my myself out of bed for nine o'clock. But if you do get up, I set my alarm every day for 5.30 Whoa. so that I can snooze it for half an hour and then sort of like a bear coming out of hibernation, spend half an hour getting up and then sort of be up for 6.30. See, I'm not a morning person at all. And if anyone's listening who watches my YouTube, you'll know this through my vlogs that I just cannot do it. Like, I've never been a morning person. And there's so much out there about being a morning person. You can train yourself. And I was chatting to people about, apparently you can do it. I was like, it's just never going to happen. I, I literally, <laughs> I peak round about now and then in, in an hour I'll be done. <laughs> so I'll be my workload over. Um, How do you stop yourself from just slinking back onto the bed and having a snooze at eight o'clock in the morning then? I think... Because it would feel so good. It would feel so good, but then I would punish myself. Mm. I, would, I would say you failed. You failed. And I'm not a competitive person at all, apart from with myself. Um, I really don't care what anyone else is doing. I've never, like, even at school, we'd be playing, like, cricket, and I'd be like, it's just a blinking ball. Like, this isn't, this, the, the ball going over in that direction of the field is not going to change my life. And I, I think I was even realistic at the age of, like, 12, just knowing that it wasn't going to do anything. But I know that if I don't get up in the morning, I'm how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to function? And also, it's that, it's that self worth I want to be able to and this is a bit morbid but when I hit my deathbed I want to look back and go god what a ride you nailed it you absolutely nailed it rather than oh I should have done that I wish I'd done this um in terms of what drives me uh I just desperately want children I want three babies in a house with an arga and that's all I'm working for that is literally all I'm going for. That like I don't I don't care about being loaded. I don't care about having the the latest car or anything like that. I just want a family and yeah. See, that was one of the notes I just scribbled down. Is like, like you're very driven. You 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 could be in the booth for years. You could be the celebrity tanner, but you wanted to add more skills to your armory, as it were. So my question that I just scribbled down was, well, what does success look like for you? What are you working towards? I think it depends how you measure success. Precisely. Um, I think there are a couple of very top secret projects under the belt at the moment that are going to be major. Um, So if they come off, then that will be successful. I actually was speaking to a friend recently and she was like, the thing is, it's already happening. The journey's already happening. It's already... And I could look back on my 20s and go, yeah, I was successful. I worked on the biggest TV shows. I, I tanned for cover shoots. I I did campaigns for huge brands. Like, that is successful. Mm. I'm, I guess in a, in a weird way, in terms of tanning, I'm already, like, the top of my game. So it's just building it in other ways. So... I, I really want Jules and Sarah, the podcast, to take to take off. But then mm. people are like, well, it has taken off. And I'm like, I, has it? I don't know. But that's something that 
the podcast just it just happened mm. and I I love it that's like a baby that's it's like you can tell you can yeah. tell that you and Sarah love it oh we love it it's like therapy you get to see one of your best mates like once a week and record two shows and literally have a catch up at the same time it's so good <laughs> um but I think how do you measure success success I think has a relation to happiness I don't I, don't, I think there's no point being successful if you're not happy because really you sh- you have to be happy and that is I think well I've listened to a few podcasts happier being one of them and they say gratitude is the key to happiness mm. and I am grateful for everything I'm grateful for every opportunity I'm grateful that I have got myself to this standard but I know that it could all go in a heartbeat so you have to keep working to get yourself onto yeah. the next thing that's so interesting I think you have to ask yourself what success looks like because I think in the past for me I as soon as I achieve something it's almost like I devalue it I'm like well that's not success anymore because I've done it I've, that's that's normal and it's something becomes just a normal thing and so then it's like well what's the next thing and so I'm almost, almost always like trying to bump myself up from I'm never enjoying it when I'm at the height is what I'm saying when I've when I'm doing something cool I don't sort of because you don't realize it's it's happening you don't realize yeah. it's there I think and I think Sometimes you can be at the height of something. Like, I have been... As a rule, honestly, I'm going to drop this out there. I hate Fashion Week. I really don't like (laughs) doing... You and me both, brother. I really don't (laughs) like doing shows, and I just find it... I find it so, like... It just irritates me. Everyone's rude when they're not rude elsewhere, and it's... But people would be like, wow, oh, my God, you're backstage in Paris, you're in Milan, that's so amazing. And I'm like... Do you know what backstage looks like and smells like? Yeah, but I'm like, that for me is not it. Mm. But it's something, it's just, and that's the thing. It's someone else going, oh, I would die to do that. You're so lucky. But actually I'm like, I just want, I want the babies. And that's for me is successful. And that when I've got that, I think that will be the moment where I look back and go, done it. So we were talking about this before we went on air, <laughs> before we started recording about decide what you want and then work back. How do have you have you plotted your course to get to that point? Um, yeah, and it's it's weird actually. Uh, I read I read the secret when I was twenty one, and I remember reading it and I skimmed through it and I was like, it's pretty much how I live my life already. Like I just know when a door opens or when a boat comes, that's what you've got to go for. And it's so strange, my. I don't know if it, if I'm doing it the right way, but this is how I'm doing it. And, like, that's that's my end goal, is babies, house... Arga. Arga, six door, hopefully. Um, <laughs> and it, it's working my way back of going, right, OK, well, how am I going to get there? Well, do I want to stay in London forever? Not sure. Well, if I do, how am I going to do work? How What's going to make me money? Because, sadly, that is something that I'm going to mm. need. But also, what's going to make me happy? Because I'm... I would hate, and I feel so sorry for people that are in careers that they hate. Mm. Like, how miserable is just because it pays you well? Like, God, there's so much more to life than that. And never underestimate the power of your passion. That's what Annie Max says to me. Explain. Well, if you're passionate, you are going to work harder because you love doing it. It's the power of your passion. You're mm. going to really go for it. And if and it will just happen. Um, so, yeah, I'm always looking for a door to open. I think in my head I've always got... You know, I really want the podcast to be successful. I really want to make Tan Lux the best it can be. Mm. I 
want to I love I love doing like I do presenting for Close Show which is now a British Star Collective I love doing presenting let's see what happens I'm not gonna beg down the doors for any of them but when something when a door opens or when an opportunity comes because I know the pillars that I'm working towards I'll know that the boat's there that's so interesting because I think this is a competitive industry as we know and I think sometimes people see doors open for other people and think well I want that I want that and then they grab something that's similar doesn't sound like you're on that path in the slightest because I don't look at what anyone else is doing I'm not bothered I'm really really not bothered what anyone else is up to I am trying to make content I'm trying to help people apply their tan I'm trying to you know spray tan people um and I'm just trying to get on with my day to day. I'm not a nosy person at all. And that, like, I don't read celebrity gossip magazines. I never have because A, it's mostly my clients in there. But B, I'd rather know what my mates are doing. Mm. I'd rather catch up with my mates or know what Valerie down at the greengrocers has been up to. Like, I'm not, I'm not interested in who wore what shoes or anything like that. It's like, it's, for me, it's just not as important. And it's a conveyor belt of, narcissism that once you get on it it is really hard to get off god it's it's just so look at me look at me look at me and I think that's I'm just I've never ever been like that I've never been that kind of person that is I've never wanted to be in the cool group Mm. I've always been and this I think this is why Sarah and I work on the podcast is we are just cool nerds like I'm really nerdy but I just like dressing nicely and I like like you know I like the industry but I'm not I couldn't. I would never pretend to be anything that I'm not. Mm. I just don't see the point. But yeah, but a lot of people, industry in this industry or not, think that they have to present a different version of themselves. I sometimes I think. Again, we were talking before we went on before we started recording about um, self discovery and and the like. And I just think, I know in the last couple of years, I've done a lot of work on myself without wanting to sound like a knob. And every now and again, I think, God, I really feel sad for the people who never give themselves the time to figure it out and who just sort of, not coast along, that's probably the wrong expression, but what am I trying to say? Like, it does, there's there's value in asking yourself some difficult questions that sometimes yeah. I think a lot of people there's, avoid. Um... In terms of like a life and career tip, my dad taught me this, and I think it's a really good method. Is if you and what's your dad's name? Ken. <laughs> you may you may be familiar with you Ken. may be familiar with Ken <laughs> from our podcast, but um, it's he teaches me, and he is going back to your question about who you know feeds your energy. He definitely does, and he inspires me to work as hard as I can. And I'm always phoning him, being like, I don't know what my next move is. Sometimes I'm like, which one should I do? And he's he's really like business focused. Um. And he says, do a mind map and you get a piece of paper and you write in the middle, Jules, you draw, you get your piece of paper out. (laughs) Um, And then off that you write, okay, well, what am I, who am I contact? Where am I going? What's my avenue? What's my revenue stream? Uh, And what's my passion? You write it all down. And then the next piece of paper, you put A and B and you draw a line and then you write the journey of how you're going to get from one to the other. And it's... whether that is doing work or whether that's doing something personal or whether you're trying to build confidence or whether you're trying to... It could be anything like trying to get your wardrobe sorted or trying to get better at tanning. It's okay to take time out 
to improve yourself. It's mm. like it's like decorating your bedroom or changing something or do a bit of gardening. You're just improving what's already there. Um, and I also think there's always try and move forward. There's, mm. no, there's just no point in moving backwards. Like people who go through breakups and yes, it's fine to look back at why your relationship fell apart, but also just let go, mm. move forward and just keep cracking on. There's a thing, there isn't a friend of mine's gone through a really mucky di- divorce and is um, the, the recovery is slow. And there's a part of me that's beginning to wonder, is it, is there an element of she she knows how she feels here so there's almost a comfort in being unhappy mm. as opposed to pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and figuring a new life which actually would be potentially be quite scary whereas yeah you well I think if something bad's stuff. happened to you that that it's so different but time is such a massive healer mm. and I think you know, I've been through awful situations personally and through work where it does take time to heal, mm. but you learn from everything. You know, there's no... Everything is there to teach you and to learn. I mean, it all depends on what you believe, but I massively believe in fate and chance and hope and just put your head down and crack on. I think the, there's no dress rehearsal for life. And yes, if you got dealt bad cards... That sucks, but mm. you've got to just crack on and move forward. I think, yeah, it's it can be so easy, and there's so many things like that you can look back on and dwell on and think, what if, what if, what if? But actually, you are never going to achieve that. You're never going to achieve anything by thinking, what if? It will it just never happen. True. You're like human Alka Seltzer. plink plink beers I'm just like you're such good you're effervescent but then you give the good feeling on the inside oh thanks Um, thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) if only we had tequila shots and then we could turn this into a real party well I'd be topless (laughs) me too Um, we've talked about friends and mentors we've talked about uh, oh yeah we talked about staying above board beforehand when you said I've managed to do all of this you've diversified so you've got your celebrity tanner hat you've done your presenting yeah you have now got the podcast which is going to go on to be hugely successful yeah it already is by the way (laughs) and is a a year and three months old so happy birthday thank you so much um when you talked about staying above board is that something we've covered or is that something that do you mean keeping it kosher? Yeah, as I like to say. I mean, I, that, I'm writing down your words. Oh God, careful! Elaborate. <laughs> uh, I think it's important to know what you, as a brand, are. I think I think that's what I would have meant. Do you think? Sorry, Paul... I'm moving about, rustling. Yeah, we're getting we're at the fifty minute mark, so we need to <laughs> shuffle. Um, what because I remember the first time I sort of said to myself or described myself as a brand I thought somebody was going to emerge from the sidelines and smack me with a wet kipper mm. for being a knob I always use a wet trout <laughs> as my a wet analogy trout. kipper wouldn't really do much would it <laughs> so I'm not very good with fish a kipper's tiny you wouldn't oh, even feel it? it I always say a trout because oh, it'd be like <laughs> have you ever seen a full-sized tuna 
Oh, they're massive. I had no... Because they fit in a tin. I mean, I didn't realise it was it's a portion. not portion. Tuna in a tin, <laughs> just, to, just to flag to you right but now. It was such a shock to me. I just, like, sardines. <laughs> I, I thought that... I thought that... Stunned at the fish counter. I was like, that, surely that can't be a tuna. That's a whopper. But genuinely, because sardines fit in a tin, I just assumed that a tuna was <laughs> a whole tuna put into a tin, minus the head and tail. This is like when Sarah and I do our podcast Sorry. and it just ends up going completely <laughs> sideways. <laughs> but yes, but a trout. A trout is what, about a foot long, maybe a foot and a half? Well, it's massive, babes. Okay, yeah. so that would that, that would, would wax some sense it would, into Yeah, it would really bring you back round. <laughs> okay, yeah, so describing myself as a brand, I would... But it's true, you have to. And is this just Instagram, sort of, what my generation, where if you're putting something out there of, of that type, that you have to think of yourself as a brand? I think it's a weird one. There's things where, and it, with, with the podcast, Sarah and I actually had to have a very open discussion one night about what is on the Jules Von Hepp brand and what's on the Sarah Powell brand and what we would do together. Because if we we've got a few projects coming up and questions come in. There's things that I would answer that Sarah wouldn't answer Mm. and vice versa. Um, And I also think our brand is all about being positive and being happy. And that's something about my brand is it's positive happiness. And that's, Mm. it's just, but it's, it's a weird one because it does make you sound like a complete fruit loop. (laughs) Like I would walk into my bedroom and there would just be pictures of me everywhere. (laughs) Is that not okay? It's completely fine <laughs> if that's what you do. For me, I don't need to stare at myself any more than no. I do already. No. But keeping it above board, I think it's just making sure everything runs smoothly and together. Mm. I, th- I think, for me, I don't like anything crass. I find that, like, not crass, but just, like, I would never... I don't like the word sexy. Like, re- like as... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to elaborate on no, that. No, oh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think... No, I like it, I like it. Let's pick at it. I think... I I think sexy can sometimes... Like, I like the word gorgeous mm. and darling and beautiful, um, but I don't like things that are forced about by sex. Do you know Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not a sexy person at all. I'm goofy and... Mm-hmm. I have green eyes and that's about it. Like, it's it's this whole... But that's me keeping it above board. Right. I think... So you haven't had to sell yourself short or sort of debase yourself in order to get where you want to get. No, and also I think... We're having another shuffle, listen. Yeah, we're just shuffle, shuffle. And I also think... um, Be nice to everyone. I think I see so many people in um, a beauty expert position who are just incredibly obsessed with themselves and... Oh God, you might be looking at me thinking you're obsessed with yourself, Jules. No, I'm um, genuinely not. <laughs> but they, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, I'm great, I'm wonderful, I'm fabulous, I'm amazing. But I bet none of them will say, how are you? Do you know what I mean? I think... See, this is, this is one of those things where I think it's a fine line because... We should all be able to say to ourselves, you are amazing. Mm. Like in the mirror, you should say, you're great. That should be something that we should all be able to do without feeling uncomfortable. But it's something that has to be private and not an external thing. And I think some people 
because that is so that is self-esteem building and we all need to work on our self-esteem I think particularly Instagram generation I mean I I look at some people's Instagram feeds and I just think god I'm so ugly look at her lips that she's so amazing and I feel myself getting caught in it and that's when I turn my phone off or Mm. look at it so you have to be able to accept yourself and say as far as I'm concerned we're in this together (laughs) you're great but when it becomes I'm great because I'm better than you or I'm great because I'm part of this brand or I'm great because I've got x number of followers or that's when it becomes really toxic yeah, and I also think there's a whole, um, I mean, God, the whole Instagram conversation is, is another whole world of worms. But <laughs> it's, I, I sit with the stream of, if you like it, post it. Mm. Like, really, it, it, it's, that's your thing. I think from a brand's point of view, it's completely different. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, there's a lot of judgment on people's Instagrams and their Instagram stories and... It's God, I love it all, but the only, my only thing with Instagram is the fact that it can sometimes make me feel crap because I'm comparing myself to other people. Yeah, there's so many people I don't follow on Instagram. I'm very... In terms of, like, I couldn't follow... Like, I don't follow any of the Kardashians. I'm just not interested mm. at all. Good for them, and I've, I've worked with some of them. That's, that's great. But I like following food bloggers and I follow like the National Trust and I follow um, I follow RSPB like birds and um and I need like Instagram really if you were to describe it to an alien it's it's something that you can use to kind of curate your own content of what you want to see Mm. so do I want to see like (laughs) vascuous nonsense absolutely not I want to see Cakes, melting cheese, um, art. I follow loads of artists, people's gardens, birds. Like, I follow really nice things. And it's like, good. I should be... And also, God, I love a meme. I love a meme oh, so much. What's not to love about a meme? <laughs> I think I spent last night following this new... I think it's called um, Curious Cow or something. I, I literally was on that for ages, just lolling, <laughs> just screen grabbing loads. I was like, doesn't I couldn't really post it on mine, but... My friend Terry is much better at finding memes that he knows that I will like than I am. And most of five, six times a week, I'll get private message and he'll have just sent me some meme that just floors me. Yeah, I I send memes constantly to people. But always privately. He never tags me in below because they're often quite naughty. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with them. And I have a brand to protect. (laughs) No, I love a bit of smut, but I think one has to enjoy it on one's own terms. Yeah, and that... That's something that we worked out on the podcast today. I'm much smuttier than Sarah and I've got such a foul mouth where she is much more controlled than I am. So she's like, no, Jules, that's not on our brand. I'm like, okay, yeah, sorry. See, I've got a dirty mind and a dirty mouth and and I don't think I'm coarse or vulgar. I just think I've got quite a naughty sense of humour. I, You and I probably in the same scenario would laugh at exactly the same things constantly constantly but then i think some people think i i don't know about you but i maybe because i'm a girl as well um or a woman people (laughs) think that i'm being a bit childish by laughing at certain things but i just oh who cares what they think i find joy in it i think it's funny just laugh that's what i do i laugh at everything it's like sorry father but i'm telling this story years ago um we're all sitting down for a family meal 
and uh, I think it was a stir fry. It was a stir fry. And there was a walk in the middle of the table and my brother and I are opposite each other and my mum and dad are at either end of the table. And my dad was being particularly quiet because he'd been at hospital having tests. And he he had some sort of... It was one of these things. He must have been in his late 40s, early 50s. And he had one of these tests where they put dye in your system so they can sort of read what's going on and check for various things. And as it had turned out, the reason why he was being quite quiet is because it had flagged up the fact that there was evidence of a previous mild heart attack. So it was a bit of a big, you know, it's quite scary. But he wasn't really saying anything. So my mum decided to break the silence. (laughs) And so she said, how was your day kit? Which is my dad's name. How was your day kit? Was it okay, apart from the prick in your hand? Awkward. So a mouthful of stir fry just <laughs> go flies across the table in my brother's direction, and to this day, that is still one of those things that we just can't. But that's me. That that's what will make me go. It's not an intellectual joke about politics. It is a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I would listen. I wish I read Russian literature at bedtime, but I don't. Yeah, but I do wake up and read memes on my phone. Like this, this completely <laughs> contrast. <laughs> No, but that's okay. That's all right. Um, So in conclusion, because I do believe that we have come to the end of our Jules von Hepp mind map. Um, (laughs) Just almost an hour of nonsense. No, it's brilliant. Um, Do you... Do you want to leave the listeners of the Emma Gunn show with a particular message? Or... I think you've given us loads. I think if I'm to pass... Yeah... Final messages. Your Jules Von Hepp final thought. Gosh, gosh, wow. <laughs> oh, right. There's a red book in front of me. Um, <laughs> work hard, play hard, laugh loads, don't hang around with dicks and don't regret anything. Ugh, I'm going to get that made into a life affirming <laughs> quote framed and put on the wall of my living room. <laughs> Great. I hope it's going to be charged royalties. Royalties and you'll have to come round and watch... TV or have dinner at my house. Fine, great, can't wait. It'll be a cheese fondue situation. Love, lovely. Right. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> passionate about that. <laughs> Hot cheese, you can't go wrong. Jules, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners, all of the links to everything that Jules has talked about will be in the show notes. And obviously, if you're subscribing to the Emma Gunner show, then you should definitely be listening to and subscribing to the Jules and Sarah. Did I get it the right way around? Jules and Sarah. Jules and podcast, Sarah podcast. Yeah. It is un. <laughs> Missable oral entertainment. (laughs) Just what I want to give. (laughs) Thank you so much for letting me recline on your bed for an hour. Thanks so much for being here. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed being in bed with Jules as much as I did. Technically, we were on the bed. But uh, hey-ho. If you listen to the show on iTunes, I would be incredibly grateful if you could leave me a rating and a review. As you know, this show is free to download, but moving up the charts would be a wonderful thing to be able to say that the show is doing. And it's those sorts of ratings and reviews that actually really help make that happen. As well as telling all of your friends and telling them to subscribe and listen to the show every week too, which is obviously uh, another way of getting up those charts. If you want to get in touch with me, just email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I reply to every single message personally and I try to do it as quickly as I can. You can also tweet me at Emma Guns and I post a picture every day, maybe six days a week, 
I don't like to fill up your feed with nonsense, so it's only if there's something interesting to say. Uh, but that's Emma Guns too, and just leave me a comment or DM me and I will get back to you. Thanks ever so for listening. There's a brilliant show coming up next week. Stay tuned, you are not going to want to miss it. Thank you.